Hey, Butte America, Jeremiah Shields here at Lescovar Honda. We got some winter specials designed to keep your vehicle clean and looking sharp. If you're in need of a new windshield, let us take care of you and we will take $60 off of your next full detail. Short on funds? No worries. We've got flexible financing terms for just about everybody. Also, we are offering free windshield chip repair and headlight restoration with the purchase of a full detail. Remember, we offer pickup and delivery service as well at no cost. Because here at Lescovar Honda, we got you. Today's bonus episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Park Street Liquors. If you're looking for it, Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew today. They can assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menu. They can also point you to the finest whiskeys, regional spirits, or the latest RTDs. Park Street Liquors. Call 406-782-6278 or stop by at 133 West Park Street. Make your story legendary. Now, let's get this thing started. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Buttecast with Bill Foley. Listen in as my dad reads his column, Tapper Light. It's a column that might make you laugh and might make you cry. It even might make you mad, but it will always be from the heart. Amen. Now here's my dad, Bill Foley. For my birthday in 2007, my wife and daughter gave me my first iPod. I didn't even know what it was. Neither did my daughter. Delaney couldn't help but give away the present before I could open it. Happy birthday, Dad, she said. We got you a black thing. After figuring out my iPod, I quickly discovered Audible.com, a site where you can buy audiobooks. That was so good. Over the next 16 years, I have listened to hundreds of audiobooks while jogging, walking my dogs, and working around the house. It is hard to beat the audiobook. For me, it beats the heck out of sitting down and reading. I like to multitask when I absorb information. A couple of weeks ago, the book The City That Ate Itself was recommended to me, and I finally decided to read it, even though I didn't like the title. Unfortunately, I couldn't find an audiobook, so I had to read it the old-fashioned way. I read the first 100 pages when I first opened the book. For me, that is a record for a book that wasn't written by my favorite authors, Leo McCarthy and Jim McMahon. The book is amazing. I really did have a hard time putting it down, and I consumed the entire book in record time. I highly recommend you read the book, too, if you are from Butte, Bozeman, or anywhere else in the free world. That is what today's Unscheduled Friday column is about. You can read it for yourself at ButteCast.com. Tapper Light, the city that ate itself, should be required reading. The saying is as old as they come, don't judge a book by its cover. When it came to the book titled The City That Ate Itself, however, I did exactly that. When the book was released several years ago, I decided to pass because I did not like the cover. Actually, I did not like the title. It offended my butte sensibilities. It reminds me of all the times that someone has said to me, in a demeaning tone, Oh, you're from Butte? The book's subtitle is Butte, Montana, and its expanding Berkeley pit. And the book was written by Brian James Leach, who is from Bozeman, of all places. 
About five years after the book was released, I decided to finally give it a crack when my friend Michelle Shea wholeheartedly recommended it. She didn't just casually suggest it, she told me I had to read it, as if she was Char Davis and I was back in sophomore English class. Like usual, Shea was right, and boy was I ever wrong. I like the book so much that I now even understand the title. Really, it makes sense because the author was trying to sell his book to an audience that is much bigger than The Mining City. While the title might have seemed a bit offensive, though it shouldn't have, it will jump off the bookshelf to a reader who wasn't born and raised fighting the stigma of growing up in a mining camp. While the title wasn't inspiring, the author won me over early when he mentioned Harry Fritz, my favorite history professor at the University of Montana. Leach apparently liked Fritz's Montana history class as much as I did. Leach wrote about how the parents of his Bozeman teammates would make snide comments about Butte when his soccer teams would come to town. His parents, though, told him about Butte's strong mining history, and it apparently struck a chord. It was nice enough to see that an outsider would look at the ugly mining scars and give us the benefit of the doubt. It was even better that one spent so long researching a book that should be required reading for every high school student in town. Actually, it should be mandatory reading for every person who lives or has ever lived in Butte. People who look down on Butte should read it too. Simply put, the book is incredible. It tells the story of the Berkeley Pit overtaking and eventually swallowing up the Butte neighborhoods of the McQueen, Meaderville, and East Butte. For outsiders, it exposed the pitfalls of living near an open pit mine. For Butte residents, it is a memoir of the great neighborhoods that most of us only ever heard of. Leach describes a sad tale of neighbors being separated, buildings being destroyed, and communities being devastated. Shea suggested the book because I am embroiled in a fight to save what is left of the Dublin Gulch, which was Butte's first neighborhood, from being a dumping ground for toxic slime dug up in Superfund cleanup. My fight is much different, but still somehow similar. I had always heard about McQueen, Meaderville, and East Butte, but I never knew much about the fight to save them until I was lucky enough to be one of the first to view the movie Resurrecting Holy Savior this spring. The iconic photo taken by the great photographer Walter Hennig of a dump truck dropping its load on top of the Holy Savior Church was the inspiration for first-time filmmakers Jody Franich and Dan Fulton. That was the first time I heard about the fights for those neighborhoods. I had always just kind of assumed that people went along with the move because, after all, what was good for the company was good for Butte. The movie was also the first time I heard about Jimmy Shea, the combative mayor of Walkerville. Shea is featured in Leach's book. He was the mayor who was not afraid to stand up to the all-powerful Anaconda Company, and he was also one of the very few to register victories of any kind. If it wasn't for Shea's tenacity, the Alice Pitt might very well have completely swallowed up most of Walkerville. We need more politicians like Jimmy Shea, and he has become one of my inspirations for the Dublin Gulch fight. The city that ate itself is littered with names of people we know. It contains names like Fritz Daly, Don Peoples, Jim Michelotti, Pat Kinnean, Pauline DeBarthy, Chris Fisk, and Matt Vincent. It describes the labor disputes and strikes, the Columbia Gardens, and the fight over relocating Uptown Butte on the flats. That brought back memories of my parents talking about possibly being bought out of our home in Corktown when I was very young. I was reminded of the suspicious fires in our neighborhood, fires that conveniently helped the company obtain land on the Butte Hill. It made me realize that growing up across the street from a mine dump and playing on the Yellow Hill as a kid wasn't a normal thing, like I always made it out to be. Watching Resurrecting Holy Savior and reading The City That Ate Itself made me realize just how terrifying it must have been for the members of Butte's lost neighborhoods in their final days. The book describes underground mining, the movement toward open pit mines, and flying rocks and broken windows from the Berkeley blasting. 
It might even explain to outsiders why we stayed here anyway. It might make them stop looking down on us so much. I have long been a student of Butte history, or at least I thought I was. I read Copper Camp and Mile High, Mile Deep. My favorite book about Butte was Fire and Brimstone, the tale of the Speculator Fire of 1917, written by Michael Punk. The city that ate itself is right on par with Fire and Brimstone. Those books tell the true story of Butte, and they capture the heart and soul of the great people of the mining city. They also subtly remind the rest of the world just how important our city was in the development of modern society and helping the good guys win two world wars. No matter where you are from, I highly recommend The City That Ate Itself. If you are from Butte, you just have to read it. Oh, and buy your own. I would let you borrow mine, but Leach deserves the money for his great work of journalism. Even if you don't like the book's title, you won't be able to put it down. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA.